Thank you for joining us. Charlotte Wood and I'm podcasting from the Bondec Montessori in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Today we're talking with Lara Jacobs. Hi, Lara. Hi. And we're talking a little bit about a post she wrote for the blog about vocation or job. This Montessori work is is deep work. So we thought we'd have a, a bit of a conversation exploring uh, Mrs. Jacobs' background. So Mrs. Jacobs, how did you come to this work? What first appealed to you about Montessori? Um, What first appealed to me was when I had a chance to observe a classroom during college and thought, wow, these these children are actually enjoying themselves with adults, entertaining them, for lack of a better term, and choosing what they were doing and seemed to really be deeply concentrating. Mm -hmm. And I thought this is so different than what I am learning in my traditional education classes, classes that this is something I think I need to learn more about. So so was like in a university part of your course training? It was part of my course training to observe different preschools. And so were you looking to be a, a, a more traditional teacher or what, what was your course of study? So it was. It was um, early childhood education mm-hmm. and it went up to so my training went up to grade three, but I really had no intention of teaching elementary. <laughs> Those big kids. Those big kids. <laughs> I, I really wanted to teach preschool, kindergarten. Sure. sure. So how long have you wanted to be a teacher? I took classes in high school. Oh, um, really? To become a preschool teacher. So I knew in high school, uh, I kind of gave up the dream of being a vet (laughs) when I realized that vets needed to do surgery. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I remember this past Olympics, I realized, oh, that ship has probably sailed. It takes a while for certain dreams to be done. Um, So it sounds like this was a dynamic shift for you of seeing what children were capable of in a completely different way. It was. And so I immediately talked to my advisor and said, wow, I, I really like what I've read about Dr. Montessori, and I really enjoyed my observation. This is what I want to do. And I was told I could do my student teaching at, at the school. And I remember saying to her, her how can I poss- possibly prepare lessons? I don't know what those red things were on the <laughs> shelf. <laughs> Ah, little would you know you'd come to know them intimately. Exactly. So then where did you do your Montessori training? Well, I discovered um, through a person that was had a friend taking the Montessori training in Washington, D.C., where I lived on the outskirts of. She told me, oh, there's a place where you can actually learn how to be a Montessori yeah. teacher. So... Um, I obviously went and applied and was accepted and just kind of fell into this very old, very well-known Montessori training center with uh, two fabulous trainers and had no idea that there were other places that you could become a Montessori teacher. I was just thrilled to find Washington Montessori Institute. Neat. And so you are both a parent and a teacher. I am. So how has one impacted the other? I know that after having my first child, I had a son during towards the end of my second year of teaching. Mm-hmm. So obviously I've been a parent almost as long as I've been a Montessori teacher, but 
I really started to have more of an understanding of uh, children and the difficulties parents face every day mm-hmm. and how easy it is to have a rough morning yeah and to have a child who didn't sleep sleep at night but um, still is ready rearing to for school the next yeah day. <laughs> yeah so do you have a Montessori moment Montessori moment uh my first year of teaching, I had a few boys in my classroom. I inherited a classroom, and mm-hmm. I had a few boys that were known to be quite rambunctious mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. classroom. And one of them was not even four yet, and he had been apparently causing quite the ruckus in the napping room. Oh. So he was brought into the classroom while I happened to be giving a phonetic object reading lesson to an older child. And so I said, well, you'll have to sit next to me until I'm finished with the lesson, and then we'll have a little discussion. And it was during the lesson that I discovered this little, not quite four-year-old was reading better than the five-year-old I was giving the lesson to. And it was one of those aha moments that even though he was three and a half or so, he was ready for more difficult work, that I need to look outside of the box of, this is the traditional work for three-year-olds, this is the work for four-year-olds, that I needed to look at each individual child to see what they needed. And so I obviously started introducing more difficult work to him, and the behavioral problems went off to the side. Interesting. He was concentrating deeply because this was work he was really ready for. Yeah, how humbling. What a testament to following the child. Right. Of what exactly each child's ready for when they're ready for it. So it sounds like you've been doing this for a while. I have. How has this work changed since you started? Um, I found that within... Just within AMI Montessori, the um, approach in the classroom has changed. We used to end the morning cycle ringing in the bell and mm-hmm. having group, group time. And, and, and when, when we rang the bell, everybody cleaned up and then we sat for group and would do calendar and maybe a little vocabulary lesson or a song or a story. And it was very natural and we all thought this is what we were supposed to be doing. Gradually, we've moved away from um, doing a formal group where mm-hmm. if we do something, it's it's a more natural. You don't have to join us. Sure. If you happen to notice and want to join us, you sure. can. So that's been a very different approach. Mm-hmm. And it's taken a while to get used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in your post that you wrote, um, you talked about the emotional preparation. Um, and so um, have you changed since starting this work? I mean, yes, of course. Everyone changes as they mm-hmm. grow older and, and are more mature. So you know, their approach, just in life in general, has changed. Um, but it was really stressed on me by my trainers that this is a service that this isn't just a job. This is a service mm-hmm. for children and their families that, mm-hmm. that we're providing. Mm-hmm. And so we need to prepare ourselves every day. And, you know, it's not easy. And it certainly doesn't happen. And, and I think 
now that um, I'm in my late 40s. <laughs> uh, my patience is is a lot stronger mm -hmm. than it was when I was in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that's true for everybody. <laughs> Do you have a favorite material? You know, you know, I asked that recently, and there are so many materials that I do love, but it's really the golden beads. Those are your favorite? They are. I actually own the glass beads, oh. which I really wish more classrooms, were a, more manufacturers were producing, actually. Yeah. Um, but e but even, even if is using the plastic beads. It's just such a great material to show the base 10, all of the mathematical systems, mm -hmm. and it's genius, really. Yeah. yeah, the glass beads are so much heavier. You can really feel the difference. Yeah, and when you're holding that as a child, as a child and, and I'm, I'm letting you know that there are 1,000 units in there, there's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. That yes, this really is a physical representation of a thousand. Yep. Plus, they're just so beautiful. They, they glow. Are. <laughs> and, and I think the children are just drawn to something that's beautiful. Sure. What are you passionate about? Well, clearly, I'm really passionate about Montessori. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just don't. I guess I'm definitely passionate about it, and which is why I've continued to teach in the classroom for mm -hmm. all of these years, mm -hmm. because it's just so rewarding to set joy in a child when they've discovered they can do something for themselves. Yeah. And, and I, I'm definitely passionate about letting families find that joy themselves in their children. Yeah, this really is... Um all-encompassing work you know you, the child doesn't live in a vacuum right they come with a whole family and if if everyone can share in that joy of learning it's just so much richer it really is and and I think the family's life in itself is richer than yeah too. yeah seeing those little glimpses of I didn't know he could do this or, right you know so and so is so and so intimidant with these, these tasks and it's amazing to see seeing that that joy that parents didn't realize what their own children were capable of is right, and it sometimes it's something we see every day, and yeah. we think, oh, of course, yeah, and we um, take it for granted, but right. then we remember, oh wait, you've been here for two years, <laughs> you're right. still teensy. <laughs> That's right, and and you know the way you behave at home and do these things at home is always so different than than the room. At least for me. <laughs> so you talk in your article about internal preparation of this work. How do you prepare every day? Um, one of the little interesting little things that I do, um, women will understand, understand who wear makeup will under, understand. You know, I, I, I need to get myself in, into a positive mindset in the morning. And when I apply my blush, I have to smile. Yeah. And so that reminds me yeah. that it's going to be a good day. It is. And there's so many reasons to smile. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, then there are other times, you know, something might happen on my drive to work. And then it's, you know, take a deep, deep breath. Remember, mm -hmm. this is, you know, a day that I get to spend with the children in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And I need to put my best foot forward. Yeah. And on days where that's difficult, um, I can always just look at a child 
in the in the classroom and see what they're doing or see them come into the room with a big smile mm -hmm. and think oh yes mm -hmm. you know the driver that cut me off this morning isn't important this child who just walked into the room is, is what's important yeah how much about perspective you know of, right of, does one thing completely impact your day in a positive way or does something uh inconsequential negatively impact your day um, and either way it's not the child's fault or responsibility exactly. you know it's our perspective of how we're going to view but that lens does really shade everything and in every interaction we have it does so what you know, that really does speak to about the preparation of being ready for the children um, so, um, do you feel like you have a mastery of this? Do you feel like you're done? <laughs> like, I got this. I, there's nothing else to learn. Um, I think if you think there's nothing else to learn, you need to get out of the classroom is, is my personal belief because there's always something to learn. Yeah. And our culture changes and so our classrooms need to change. Our, our approach needs to change. Mm -hmm. Um, the core lessons don't, mm -hmm. but we need to service the children who are coming into our rooms. Yeah. And so there's always something new to learn. And research is coming out, and it's verifying we Montessori teachers have been doing for years, but we still need to look at this research and see yeah. um, what what it is showing and and you know if it's something we need to tweak then we need to tweak um but if it's if it's letting us in us know yes we, we are on the right track track yeah. um, all of these social interactions do have neural benefits for children right or physical uh manipulatives are helpful in processing something cognitive. That's great data. Let's continue to move forward. Exactly. Movement is important. When I first started teaching, my three-period lesson involved moving things just around the work rug. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the more I talked to people and the more I looked at the research showing that, you know, true movement is, is what the neurons in the brain need to really mm -hmm. um, grasp a concept. Well, now when I have a child work on sandpaper letters, I'll say, you know, would you take this t and put it over there on the shelf? Mm -hmm. Or would you move this b and put it by the plant over mm -hmm. there? And so they're having to walk around the room and find it. And of course they love it. Yes. And then they remember it mm -hmm. more than they did when they just moved it would you move it across the table right here? Interesting. So, so you've you've seen that how how that's somewhat small change moving something around right. the table versus moving something across the room has positively affected the children in your classroom. It does, and then it even affects the children I'm not working with because yeah. they'll walk over. Oh, what is this doing? And the child might walk over and say, you know, oh, that, that's my book. I'm looking for that. <laughs> and, you know, so that child, maybe that's the first time that they've seen that. Yeah. Or maybe it's the nice reminder. Yeah. Um, that, oh, yeah, I always forget that one. Yeah, I get to use that one someday, too. Right. Yeah. So how about as um, an educator and as a parent yourself with um, experience, how about, about um, advice for parents? Do you have any advice for new parents or, or old parents? Yeah, for old parents and new parents. Um, it's really to just to take time mm -hmm. to spend with your children. And, you know, life is so busy mm -hmm. that 
Um, you know, we know we don't always have time to, to just set everything aside. Mm -hmm. And so have them help you with the dishes because the dishes have to get done. Yeah. Where And if they help you with the dishes, that's when you can have that great conversation mm -hmm. about what happened during their day mm -hmm. or maybe even what happened during your day. Mm -hmm. um, and then perhaps there will be time, time set aside to just be with your child and to read to them mm -hmm. um, or to have them read to you. But I know how busy life can get. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, you think, wow, I, I didn't really have a chance to sit with my child and talk to them because I was needed needed to dinner on the table. Mm -hmm. I need to do dishes. I needed to walk the dog, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. needed to do laundry. Well, if your child's doing those things with you, yeah, then then there's some quality time with them. Yep, exactly. That doesn't need to be set aside. It can just right. be chores together. Well, lovely. Thank you, Mrs. Jacobs, for joining us. And thank you for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Bondec. And email us with comments, questions, and suggestions at hello at bondec.org. Until next time. <laughs>